What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of the world? This is officially the first episode of the Coolest Jets Fan Podcast. I'm really excited to bring this stuff to you, man. I'm going to be following the New York Jets along this 2022-2023 season. I must say, as a Jet fan, a longtime Jet fan, this is the most excited that I've ever been about a season as a Jets fan. So much so that I actually attended our week one matchup against the Baltimore Ravens. I had great seats, great tickets, great vibe, great energy. But that's going to be the vibe for this podcast. I'm going to be on here probably three to four times a week um, talking about the games, talking about some, you know, trade acquisitions, things we got going on, maybe practice stuff, post game interview kind of things. But, um, yeah, I'm really excited to bring it to you. So for this first episode, I do want to talk about and address the game that we had in week one against the Baltimore Ravens. Now, obviously, as everybody knows, we lost the game. You know what I'm saying? We lost the game. In very Jets fashion, classic Jets manner, 24 to 9, right? Um, there were a lot of blunders in the game. There were a few blown plays, missed coverages, blown coverages, poor turnovers, poor bad drops, missed blocking assignments. I mean, I'd say missed field goals. There were probably, you could find an issue with every, you know, with all three phases of the game. And, you know, it's our first game of the year. It's a young team. It's a very beat up and banged up team. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, I think that's not quite the excuse to have the performance that we had to put put out there. But I do do not by any means think that it was all bad. Um, so, you know, anticipation of the game, you can tell at MetLife that the energy was just absolutely, it was just something out of this world. I think the Jets fans were just super, super excited to get this new regime there and, you know, Salah in his second year. I think as a Jet fan myself, I really like Salah. And I've, you know, through watching all the YouTube videos and watching his post-game interviews and all those things, I really like, you know, the things that he brings and his traits and his morals and values as a coach. Um, I think the culture that he's trying to build or is building is trending in the right direction. But, um, you know, that obviously wouldn't – it wasn't on paper on Sunday. Um, you know, with that being said, though, I don't think that everything was bad. I don't think it was all bad. Um, and I think there's a lot of things that we can walk away from and be actually extremely happy about. Um, and none greater than, for me, as a Jet fan, I'm glad about Sauce Gardner. I, I even bought a jersey. I wore my white Sauce Gardner jersey. Um, to the game, I'm I'm rooting for Sauce Hard. I'm I was super glad that we drafted him, but more than anything, I wanted to see him just show me some flashes or just do something that would give me some confidence in saying that this was the right pick. Okay, we got it right. This final. Okay, we might have fucked up every year in the past, but this year we finally got it right. And this year, I feel like we finally got it right with Sauce, considering he was only targeted what one time or three times for one completion and and that was eight yards I mean it was a phenomenal rookie game for a rookie debut for for sauce and I think Lamar didn't Lamar didn't really want parts you know he didn't want parts of that um he tried to throw a corner route I think it was in the first half he tried to throw a corner route to Mark Andrews that famous corner route that they that they hit on all the time they actually hit us with one later on in the game but he tried to hit sauce with it 
And um, Sauce got his head around, broke it up, and I was like, wow, that was impressive because that's Mark Andrews. Like, okay, that's Lamar Andrews to Mark to Mark. I mean, that's that's Lamar Jackson to Mark Andrews. We've seen that tons of times in 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 their careers, so we know that that's legit. You know what I'm saying? Mark Andrews is a, is an elite player, and Sauce had no he he had his way with him on that play. You know, so um, I think that I'm really really happy about him, and I'm also really really happy about DJ Reed. Oh my goodness. See, I was in the – look, this man allowed for no catches on his side. Lamar targeted him, I think, seven times, I believe. No catches. Um, and that's phenomenal, especially in his debut. And I saw him get his interception, and I saw him run to the midfield, and I saw him celebrate and do all those things. And I'm like, yeah, I'm happy for you, guy, but we're fucking getting crushed right now. Why are you celebrating? Until after the game, I found out that he dedicated that to his dead father, and I said, wow, that – I already liked DJ Reed a lot, and I was already super excited. I was super excited for his debut. Super excited. I know he was banged up in the preseason, but I knew he was talented in in Seattle, and I, and I knew I knew that uh, that Salah had seen something in him, and I and I saw it too. You know, I thought he was undersized, but I thought he was really hungry. I thought he was quick, fast, good hands. You know, I thought he was a good corner, but you know, he showed me that he's he's really got it going on. So I mean. And even Jordan Whitehead showed flashes of good things. So, I mean, I'm looking at the the secondary and what we allowed, despite, I'd say, the two broken plays. I think one was for Duvernay, and that was an absolutely terrible play. But I think it was LaMarcus. I actually hate LaMarcus, but that's besides the point. Um, And the other one was to number 13. I don't remember his name exactly, but um, that was a bit of a blown coverage as well, too. I thought that if you're going to play safety, you've got to stay over the top on those type of routes. And... He just didn't. So we got beat deep. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, good point. I do like our defensive backs for the most part. You know, I like Jordan, the new, you know, the new Jets, the new Jet regime there in the secondary. We got Jordan Whitehead. Obviously, we've got uh, Sauce Gardner and then DJ Reed. So those three guys did well. Even the the second year, man, I think second year, Michael Carter, the defensive back, Michael Carter, he ran, he he played well in the nickel. You know, I think they tried to target him a bit more, um, which I would too. It makes sense, you know, but he held his own. He played well too. So I think our secondary is something to get excited about. And I think our D line is also something to get excited about because we held the Ravens to under 70 yards rushing for literally the first time in the Lamar Jackson era. So, I mean, that is something absolutely astonishing. That's something that nobody else in the NFL has done over the past four years. Um, Quinn and Williams walked away with the NFL. I mean, not obviously it's uh, pro football focus, but so you got to take it with a grain of salt. But still, I, I think that's very impressive that uh, Quinn and DJ both led the NFL in pro, pro football focus rankings following the, their week one matchup. So really, I mean, if you want to go by pro football focus, Quinnen Williams is the best defensive tackle in the NFL, and DJ Reed is the best cornerback in the NFL. I mean, obviously, that's not the case. I don't even believe that's the case, but I really like both of those guys, and I'm glad that Pro Football Focus is focusing on those guys, and they're rating those guys. And, I, hey, look, I mean, it's just cool. It's an impressive stat. It's cool, and I'm glad that uh, we have those guys doing those things. Um I think that was the the highlight of the team defensively, um, and I think that CJ did a great job. I think CJ did a great job as well. He never really misses a beat. Quan came in and 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 gave great energy for the team. 
Um, I thought Quan did a great job in his debut. I was just really excited for all the new guys defensively, and and, and I thought they were going to do well, and they they honestly outperformed my 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 expectations. That first half, the way that they were holding Lamar and holding their, they were really stagnant. They were holding Lamar to such a stagnant offense, and you know I feel like you can only do that for so long, so many times, so many drives without getting help from your from your offense, which I'm going to speak on in a moment. But um, yeah, I'm just super super impressed with what I saw defensively, the play calls, the way that you can line up against Lamar, because I feel like Lamar honestly is one of the hardest or maybe the hardest player to scheme against in the NFL because he's so unpredictable. You can't commit too much to the run. He'll kill you with the pass. You can't commit to obviously you can't commit to the pass because he'll fucking kill you on the on the run game. And the running backs, multiple running backs. Obviously JK Dobbins was hurt, but still great job defense. Great job. We'll take that ten. We'll take that ten out of ten games. I mean, ten out of ten games. We'll take that ten out of ten times. You know what I'm saying? All seventeen weeks, all eighteen weeks. Now, when it comes to the offense, I I don't have as much to say, per se. But I mean, we got to put we put up nine points, and the last touchdown that we scored was in garbage time. It didn't even matter. Um, I contribute that to a lot of things. I mean, obviously, poor quarterback play. Obviously, poor O-line play. Obviously, we played a good defense. Obviously, I'd say a bit conservative as far as play calling. So, all those things combined, yeah, we're going to fucking lose the game and we're not going to score many points. But things that I think that we need to immediately address, like, right, okay, from week one to week two, the things that absolutely need to get better for us to win the game is pass blocking, and Joe Flacco, you need to push the ball down the fucking field, bro. I was watching, I think it was three to four plays. Might have been like a second and mid or like a second and long or a third and long where Joe would have Elijah on a corner route or Corey on a crossing route or Garrett on a crossing route. And he's checking down to Michael Carter. He's checking down to Brees Hall. And one of those plays bit him in the ass because Brees fumbled on the fucking play. You know what I'm saying? And we lost it. So it's like, Joe, you're a Super Bowl winner. You've won a Super Bowl, bro. You know that you need to push the ball down the field. And he was known in his career for pushing the ball down the field. So it was just so crazy. I I, I mean, I, I got a chance to speak to Marlon Humphreys after the game, or Marlon Humphrey after the game. And, um, and I asked him about the quarterback play with the Jets. And he told me, he said, Joe's way too conservative. Zach's a little bit too aggressive. He doesn't go through his progressions enough. And he personally thinks that Mike White is 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 the best. He didn't necessarily say the best out of the three, but the one that's going to bring the most, you know, let's go for this risk here. And at the same time, I'm going to make this conservative throw here. I think he's the most, you know, lukewarm out of the three. I think, you know, Joe's a little bit too cold, and I think Zach's a little bit too hot. And I will see when Zach gets back healthy. Hopefully, he'll be the guy to push those balls down the field because, I think a lot of times, you know, if we're on the 40-yard line on our own 40 or our own 30, and it's third and 10, third and eight, third and six, if we, you know, check down there and let's say we get five yards on a third and six, a lot of times Salah isn't going for that on the fourth down, and we're not in field goal range. But if you can fucking push it down the field like 20 yards, bro, like, all right, now we're working with something here. We're cooking with something like I don't know. I feel like it's like a down and distance kind of thing. And it, it it's just a little bit too conservative for me. And then 
I don't put all of the blame on Flacco because I know his pockets were collapsing at a pretty tremendous rate. Like, I get it. The guy was under a little bit of a duress, you know, and the, the Ravens D-line is huge as fuck. Like, they are some big men. Um, Yeah, so that's kind of what I have to say about that. We can't have that shitty turnover, that he, that interception that he threw in the first half where he just lofted the ball. I think it was Corey he was targeting like eight yards over Corey's head into a free safety's arms. Um, Brees had a bad turnover, bro. You're in the NFL now. You got to tuck that ball away. Like I know you're fighting for extra yards, but let's protect the ball here. Let's keep the ball because um, possessions are really everything here in uh, in the NFL. Um so yeah, that's that. Like the those are like the major things, and, and you know, obviously the blocking needs to get better. But I thought Michael Carter did a great job. I was sitting on the away side of the field, and some Ravens fans kept asking me, "Who is number thirty-two? Who is number thirty-two? Who is number thirty-two? I said, "That's Michael Carter," and I thought he had a tremendous day. Literally from his very first run, he ran for like twelve yards and got us a first down. I said, "That is a great start to twenty twenty-two." I thought that was going to be. Ooh, I thought that was like, oh my gosh, this is a sign that we finally have a fucking offense that's going to be moving the field, moving the ball down the field consistently. And that just didn't happen in week one, but Carter, 10 carries, 60 yards, can't be mad at that at all. Um, now, the person that I'm most excited about offensively is Garrett Wilson. I was nervous about him going into this game. I was nervous. I'm not going to lie. I was nervous. But um, he showed me everything I needed to see. I thought... His first reception, when I think it might have been on that third and seven or third and eight where he, where he juiced two guys and he got it right below, like right before the first down marker, where I thought we should have went for it on fourth, you know, but we didn't. But, um, you know, Garrett, and then late in the fourth, he showed up. Oh, my God, that he, he ran an out route, like a 12-yard out. That was absolutely beautiful. I was like, yeah, this is what – this is Devontae Adams-esque route running on that play on that. I'm not saying he's Devonte Adams. I'm not going to jump the gun on that, but that particular play was Devonte Adams esque route running. And that was absolutely phenomenal. Beautiful play. And then he, and then Joe wants to force him the ball like three times more after that. Um, and it was confusing to me why he wasn't on the field for more snaps. I didn't get his snap count, but I know it was low. I know it was low because there's no way that Braxton Barrios is getting more touches and more, snaps than Garrett Wilson. There's no way. I don't think Elijah was used properly. I think he might have walked away with one, maybe two catches on the night or on the day, on the afternoon. So I don't know. I don't know if it's personnel issue. I don't know if it's too conservative of uh, play calling. I don't know if it was too conservative of quarterback play. But, I mean, the guys were getting separation, specifically Garrett and Elijah. They were getting separation. And – we can capitalize on those guys in their big play um, ability if we just throw them the damn ball. Like, just throw them the damn ball. Why are we running Braxton on jet sweeps and two-yard outs when Elijah could do that or when Garrett can do that? I, now, I don't know if they can fit that role, but, like, shit, I would rather have them have the ball than, than Braxton. Like, like I said, I, I, I got a chance to speak with Marlon after the game, and he touched on that as well. He's like, as a corner, I'm not fearful of Braxton Berrios. Like, I know he's not going to – outrun me to the sideline i know he can't do anything further than three yards down the field so like what are we getting out of that you know it's cute it looks good it looks pretty you know run a little wide receiver jets jet sweep with braxton barrios but it never goes he's this is like his third or fourth year with the team like 
we see who he is. We see that he's not good. I mean, we could guess we could put him at kick returns, maybe keep him on punts. But okay, but that's it, dude. You're not getting snaps at wide right receiver. You're not unless somebody's tired or hurt. You're not getting snaps. You're not our starting slot guy. Come on, that's terrible. I didn't like that at all. And that, and when I read the depth chart, Braxton wasn't there. He wasn't. The, he wasn't above Garrett. So, yeah, that's that, man. I, you know, it, it's just tough to watch this Jets team year after year after year just not be able to move the ball down the field. It's like stagnant offense, three and outs, no risky football, no f- nothing, man. And I'm like, you bring in Elijah last year, you bring in Garrett this year, there are two fucking huge playmaking ability players. And I just feel like they weren't put in the positions to do that enough um, last week. Uh, I'm not going to be pessimistic about it because I think that this is still a good team. I think this is still a good roster. And I think that, you know, we have really, really good potential um, for the rest of the season. But, you know, those stupid mistakes and those stupid errors costed us probably 17 of those 24 points that we gave up. You know, if we're talking two blown coverages, that's 14 points right there. We missed a field goal. That's 17 points right there. And we missed a, a, a fucking extra point. So that's 18 points that, I mean, you know, obviously every football game you can give or take a few points like that. But. If we can correct those mistakes, yeah, we're a damn good football team. And that's something to be excited about as a Jets fan. That's something that I'm excited about as a Jets fan. But I just hope that this thing continues. I hope that they can right this ship. I still have faith in Robert Sala. I'm hoping the best for these next three weeks because, you know, we have some tough opponents again as we're facing Cleveland this week in Cleveland, which I will also be at that game. I might get some live footage and put it on my Instagram at International Noah. I might, I might not. We'll see. Um, but I will be in attendance uh, watching the game and being able to feel the atmosphere, watch the guys, study the guys up close, and then I'll drop another video again after the game. But probably either tomorrow or Friday, I will drop a preview for the game, um, injury updates as to you know what I'm thinking and matchups and all those things like that. So that's coming up um, soon as well. But uh, I just think if we can go one and three or two and two, I'm hoping we can split the division here, go two and two um, with the AFC North. And then when Zach comes back, everything will be great. Um, Hopefully, you know, uh, we will see how it goes. But uh, like I said, I still have a lot of hope for this season. I have a lot of hope for this team. And I'm really excited to follow them and continue to do this podcast as the year progresses and moves on. Now, with that being said, man, I really appreciate you guys tuning in. I really appreciate you guys um, checking this out, um, you know, make this your home, make this, make this your everyday podcast, make this something that you want to listen to all the time. Let me know what, how you feel about it. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, man, that being said, you know what I'm saying? All you guys be safe, be easy, enjoy it, you know, enjoy life. And, and, and yeah, I'll catch you guys on the next episode and I appreciate the love and support. Peace out, man. Go Jets.